In today's show, we look at the action from Thursday, another injury to Luka Doncic, an ejection, two ejections, three ejections, ejections everywhere, two big name players, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. And thank you for making locked on fantasy basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. A reminder one week from today, less than one week from today, actually. Trade Deadline Live Show, 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February the 9th. I'm going to be joined at this point by Matt Lawson, by Zach Hanshu and Adam King um, to break down trades as they happen, the immediate analysis of the fantasy impact of those deals. So go find that video on YouTube. On the video here, you can see the link up the top. Go click that. You can find it on the homepage of the YouTube channel as well. I tweeted out as well. When you go over there, go and hit the thumbs up and uh, let us know that you're waiting for it. You're excited for it. So go ahead and find that show out. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, some news to catch you up on. Darren Fox is out for Friday's game for personal reasons. I believe he had a child. Well, he didn't, but you know what I mean. He's uh, He and his partner had a child, so I believe he is out. So that does give a little bit of a boost to someone like Davion Mitchell as a stream. He does, he does become a stream option. He's not a great one. Malik Monk gets a pretty big boost there as well. I really like Monk over Mitchell. Um, Ubre looks like he'll be back at the All-Star break. I don't really care all that much for him as a Category League fantasy player, especially when he has to share the minutes with McDaniels and Haywood. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic will be out tomorrow. No real surprise there. So we're streaming in Drew Eubanks. Jalen Green remains out on Friday, but he could return on Saturday. Kevin Porter Jr. is still out. So we're going to get big doses of Eric Gordon, big doses of KJ Martin, um, two small doses of Tari Eason, no doubt. For the Spurs, Jeremy Sohan is out with that back issue and Trey Jones is doubtful. So we are really looking at Kata Bates-Diop. We're really looking at Josh Richardson. And we are in deeper formats looking at Malachi Branham in that situation. And we got an update from Dallas on a couple of their guys, Christian Wood and Maxi Kleber. Kleber's going to be out for the next six games. Wood is going to be returning to practice and could return as soon as the next game. So that's great news. If you have Christian Wood, obviously that reduces the value of Finney Smith and Dwight Powell. But those guys were only fringe players anyway. So they're probably the, the bigger news updates there. We also had the announcement of the All-Star Reserves today. They weren't too different to the ones that I picked a few weeks ago. I think it is pretty ridiculous that James Harden missed out. I think you, know, you could easily find a spot for Jimmy Butler. Um, Pascal Siakam could have found a spot in there. I think I had Anthony Davis in my team. He didn't end up making it. Um, it's not, you know, it's, no, none of the selections I think are egregious. Um, I definitely, I, look, again, the one that I'm really... I think guess people are surprised about Jack, Jaron Jackson. I had him in. Um, I'm surprised that Harden didn't make it, but there are very good arguments to be made for many people. I don't think I ended up having Bam in my team. I think I did have Butler in over him, and I yeah, Julius Randle making it. I had him in my team, but that was like two weeks ago. If I redid them today, I don't think I would have Randle in the team. People are a bit miffed that Jalen Brunson didn't make it, but again, you can only fit 12 blokes in. 
on each side. You know, Devin Booker wasn't there. Um, lots of different situations. The All-Star rosters do need to be expanded. To me, the, the, the big egregious one is James Harden not making it. I think it's pretty ridiculous that he didn't get in. But that's really the only one that's... It doesn't even, it doesn't even bother me that much. I'm not going to watch the game. Um, but that's probably the only one that I look at and go, yeah, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But otherwise, everything's all good. We're all good with All-Star teams. We don't care that much. Good. Let's look at the waiver wire, the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one was Isaiah Hartenstein. I'll talk more about that later. He was up 30%. Tari, regular season was up 14%. We are skeptical. We are skeptical, but it is a great schedule ad, and we're going to get some real opportunities to see what happens over this Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Drew Eubanks up 12%. Great ad with um, Nurkic out. Love that one. KJ Martin up 9%. That's a really strong ad as well with... uh, Porter still out. Uh, Rui Hachimura up 6%. <laughs> I hope that was only in points leagues. Uh, Eric Gordon up 6%. I don't really love Eric Gordon as anything more than a stream, but it is a back-to-back. He has played some back-to-backs. Maybe you look at that. The the big fella in Charlotte. Oh, hi, Mark. Up 5%. I think an elite trade deadline stash. And honestly, even if Plumlee is not dealt at the deadline, I might just hold on to Williams. I might just hold on to him. And then Xavier T. Ilman up 5%. That was definitely chasing the performance he had last game. We'll talk more about the Grizzlies later on and what you do with the T. Ilman and Clark situation. I don't mind people streaming Tillman in for today. I don't think it was the most ideal situation, but yeah, it was all right. Most drop players. Some interesting names on this one. Didn't really expect to see Jeremy Sohan down 19%. I know he hurt his back and he's out tomorrow. I guess he's fringy enough that you can drop him. That's, that, it's okay. But I don't think it would have been that quick to drop him. I wouldn't have been that quick to drop Kelly Linick either. Down 12%. He played 15 minutes in his first game, 20 in his second one. If he plays 26 in his third game, then we're, we're rolling. All right, I would have held on to him. John Isaac down 12%. Well, totally okay with that. What I don't understand is if you added John Isaac, were you expecting immediate output? Because that's what doesn't... I don't make. I didn't add him because I didn't think it was happening for weeks and weeks and weeks. But did you add him expecting something to happen now? That's my confusion with it. I guess it is frustrating when it's not a back-to-back and he still rests after playing eight minutes two, two games before or two days before. I get the, get the frustration there, but I wouldn't have added him, so I wouldn't be in a position to drop him. And if I did add him, it would have been expecting him to do something in March, not three games after he returned. Jared Vanderbilt bar down 10%. Yeah, I know there's rumors today about him being traded to Portland, but I'm taking every one of these... Um, trade rumors with the biggest grain of salt ever. And even if he went to Portland, would he start? Would he come off the bench? Would he play 23 minutes? Is that enough for me to care? Probably not. Probably not. So I don't mind dropping him. Seth Curry, yep, that's just a fringe player down 8%. Monte Morris, yes, based on form, but Wizards three games in four nights. So Morris's value in three games in four nights, one wave rad, you know how we bang on about that. That is, for him, let's say minimum 77 minutes across three games with one wave rad, it's useful. Dillon Wright, the same, down 7%, but you add him back for the three games in four nights. And then dropping the tank, Tom Bryant, well, I probably would have held if I had him because the Lakers played today. Not that he was particularly good, but we're well aware now that when Anthony Davis plays, there's nothing for Tom to sink his teeth into. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. 
You can identify those candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get into the games. There were seven of them on. First game was the Lakers getting, I don't even know how they got the win in this one. As every Lakers game, you look at the end result, you look at the final quarter and you go, what, what, what happened and how did that happen? They got the win over the Pacers somehow, some way um, by, was it one point? 112-111, the final score. The Lakers brought Patrick Beverly back and he started and they moved Troy Brown back to the bench. Brown played just 18 minutes for two points with two steals. Obviously, he's not rostered in 12 or 14 team leagues, while Beverly had a nice defensive game, three steals and two blocks, but that's really where it is. The four assists are good also for Pat, but we're not looking at him as a must roster. The guy that they kept in the starting lineup was the worst fantasy performer on the team, and that's Rui Hachimura. Seven points, no threes, no assists, one steal, zero blocks, 33% from the field and 33% from the line. Do you want me to say it again? Do you want me to tap the sign? This sign up here. Rui Hachimura is bad in category leagues. You don't have to hold him in category leagues. You know what he is? He's bad. He's simply bad. The usage is down because he's playing alongside Davis and LeBron and Westbrook. And he was actually benched out of the closing lineup so that Russell Westbrook, he of the 13% shooting, um, was able to jump into the lineup. Westbrook shot 13%, still was able to have an, a, a neutral plus minus during the game. But those percentages are so bad. 10, 3, and 10, no defensive stats. Westbrook is really struggling to contribute in fantasy leagues at the moment, even category leagues. Like he's 119th for the season. It's getting to the stage where I don't know that he's a must-roster player. As for the big guys, Anthony Davis, 30, 13 and 14 with two blocks, and LeBron had 26, 7, and 7. Well, the tank did play only 12 minutes, Tom Bryant, but he had 11 and 6 in that time. That's really good, but obviously we can't rely upon that. And yeah, surely no one is... He's not holding Lonnie Walker still, are you? Hello! Six points in 18 minutes, he can go. While Schroeder had 36 minutes for Dennis, but 12, 6, and 5 is okay. I don't mind if you want to hold him as a stream guy, as a schedule guy but definitely not as a must-roster 12-teamer. On the Pacers side, a lot of stuff happened. Tyrese Halliburton returned, 36 minutes, 26-2-12 with two steals. Took 24 shots for 34 usage, a gigantic game. I don't know whether he plays tomorrow. It's a back-to-back. -back. I expect that he doesn't, but I don't know. So if you have TJ McConnell, it's a big if, but if you have TJ McConnell, you just, you just got to hold him because you know, get that 30-plus minutes hopefully tomorrow. Now, what we saw in this game from TJ McConnell is that it's not going to happen when Halliburton's there. 17 minutes, 11, 2, and 4. Now, 11 is good, but I don't want to bank a roster spot on TJ McConnell being a 34% usage player. It's just not going to be real. What they also did is they put Nembhard back in the starting lineup over Duarte, and Duarte basically just got kicked completely out of the rotation. He would scoreless in six minutes. So you can go ahead and you can jack him off if I can find the button. Get that garbage out! Obviously, we're jacking Nembhard in 12s as well. 7, 4, and 6 for him. And Matherin, only 20 minutes. A little bit surprising to see his minutes and production go way down. No usage, no minutes, no nothing. Uh, he'd been playing well, but maybe this is maybe he did benefit significantly from Halliburton being out. Watch it, but we know his game hasn't been particularly fantasy-friendly over the, over the journey here, and he might need to be a drop. It was a great game from Neesmith. 24 points, 5 threes, 2 steals, and a block. But whenever Neesmith has a good game, the first thing you should always do is look at the percentage. And you go, oh yeah, that's fake. 75% like shooting, it's not real. He's not that. 
He'll be a 30% shooter next game and then play 24 minutes. So while he's fine in 14-team leagues, I don't care if you want to stream him in 12s. They play again tomorrow by all means. But that level of production is not real. They went with Daniel Tice as the backup center in the first half because, of course, they did. Why would you? Why wouldn't you do a bloke who's never played all season when you've got a young player there behind him? Why wouldn't you? Anyway, Tice played seven minutes and went scoreless. Good old seven trillion. Isaiah Jackson got the backup minutes in the second half. Four and six with three blocks. He's actually been an elite block streamer despite barely playing. I don't have any faith that he plays every night, especially now that they're introducing Tice into the rotation. So it's now got to deal with Jalen Smith, Jackson, and Tice. Oh, by the way, just another quick shout out to um, signing Jalen Smith to that contract and promising the starting job. And now he's out of the rotation behind Daniel Tice. Like sick, sick. He's terrible. He's so bad. I can't believe I fell for it. I can't believe I fell for that bullshit. <sighs> anyway, Jackson, there's no path for him to start. I don't think he's getting traded anywhere. But he can still be a streamable guy for blocks. As for Miles Turner, 20 and 13, one steal and two blocks. And Bud was all right. 14 and five, two threes, nothing too exciting there. But the big thing is the elimination of Duarte, the reduction in Matherin, the showing of how McConnell looks with Halliburton, not good. Exactly the same as it was before Halliburton got hurt. Don't forget that. Some people think that like, oh, we, need, we really needed to see how this would shake out. And we probably did just in case there was a change, but we had 30 plus games of Halliburton playing with McConnell and never once did we look at McConnell as a 12-team league player. And that's exactly where we should be sitting back to now, I believe. Let's go to the next game. The Miami Heat, they lose to the New York Knickerbockers 106-104. There was no Victor Oladipo in this game. So I thought, oh, maybe there's a chance for Kyle Lowry to step it up. Maybe. Double-cheeked up. On a Thursday afternoon. Holy shit, he's bad, man. He's really bad. Three points for Lowry in 24 minutes, two assists, 14%. I do believe that some of the shooting will improve, but it's the minutes, it's the usage, it's the lack of aggression, it's the never taking free throws. And you know what? Get that garbage out of here! I have no doubt that Kyle Lowry will be better than this, but I don't care to wait. And if he does become better than this, I'll go and add him. And if he does become better and I miss out, I think, oh, well is the response. It's just not looking good. You give patience, I'm giving patience for the last two to three weeks. And it's not just about, oh, it's something weird or he's coming back from injury or um, things just aren't going right. There's just too many factors involved in this for me to go, I have high hopes in it coming back. So I'd move on. Jimmy Butler was not good. 10, three and five for him. While Max Drew stepped up with Oladipo at 17 points, five threes. He doesn't do anything else. So don't get too twisted here on adding uh, the Winter Soldier. Good game from Adebayo, 32-9 with two steals, and Hero had 25, 25-5-8. and eight. Interestingly, Dwayne Dedman was not the backup center. It was Udonis Haslam. Dwayne Dedman, they just they hate the bloke. He's not playing. So watch for Omer Yurtseven after the All-Star break to take that backup center spot back because Jovic and Orlando Robinson will still be out. Watch for Yurtseven to get some backup minutes, those of you in 30-team leagues. For the Knicks... Late scratch with Jalen Brunson with an illness, so they started quickly at point guard. He played 37 minutes and had 8, 6, and 4. Like, that is just annoying. We knew the minutes were going to be better, and they were, but that production's bad. He is a hold. Let's talk about the center position. Last time we saw Hartenstein close a game over um, Jericho Sims. The next game, he played 17 minutes. And then they went to the lineups, and of course, Thomas Thibodeau started Jericho Sims. Now, I can't understand a single thing this bloke does. I, I, there's so many decisions that Tom Thibodeau makes that I cannot understand. So... In this game, Jericho Sims started. Yep, he played 19 minutes. He was scoreless. He was a plus 16. Hartenstein, who I do believe is the better player, was a negative 14, an absolute team worst, yet got given all the minutes. So last game, 
Hartenstein got more minutes because he was a positive. But why won't he? If, if they're going to just commit to giving big minutes to Hartenstein, irrespective of how he plays, why doesn't he start? I, I can't work that out. That's two games in a row for Hartenstein over Sims. There is a back-to-back on the weekend. As I have said a million times, I don't think Jericho Sims is very good. And I know that in my heart, Isaiah Hartenstein's a better player. And I just needed to be convinced that Tom Thibodeau sees that. And I'm a little more convinced, but I'm not fully convinced. Hartenstein had 8 and 10 with 3 steals. Still low usage, but at least he got to 17% here. Let's add Hartenstein over Sims, but again, my confidence in it is bloody low. Quentin Grimes had a really good game, much like when we're talking about, hey, if you want to check the value of someone, let's watch what they shot. Aaron Neesmith style, do the same for Grimes, because you can look at that and go 17, 4, and 3. You go, man, that's a great game. And then you realize you took nine shots and hit six of them at 67%. It's the only way he's able to get value is when he has a big blow-up shooting night. This big game brings him to 153rd over the last week. That is not a must-roster player, but the Knicks are a team with a weekend back-to-back. So those 37 minutes a game that you might get over those two games, and he might have one that's a good shooting night, it's enough to have him. All-star Julius Randle had 23, 10, and 6 with three steals. Solid game for him. Well, Rowan Barrett played 41 minutes. That's the minutes, man. 30 points, no threes, no steals, no blocks, eight rebounds, and four assists. It was okay. The four of six on the line isn't, and it's just more of the same from RJ Barrett. That's what it always is. It never changes. It's always something frustrating. And I'm never going to be convinced he's a must-roster 12-team league category player. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. There's only one app that you need for your Super Bowl parties, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. If we go and have a look over there, is there any change to the odds or are the Eagles still one and a half point favorites? They are still one and a half point favorites. And the total sits at 50 and a half with better odds on the under at minus 105 versus minus 115 on the over 50 and a half. What do you think about this um, Super Bowl special? They've got AJ Brown, four plus receptions and Travis Kelsey, five plus receptions, minus 200. That seems like pretty good, a pretty good uh, odds to me. Not that I know, but it does seem like it's interesting. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game, the Grizzlies and the Cavs. Um... 128 Cleveland, 113 Memphis. Jaron Jackson was out of this game. Danny Green was also out. Steven Adams was out. And then, oh, mate, Dylan Brooks. The world. Bopped Donovan Mitchell right on the glands penis and got himself ejected. Mitchell threw the ball back at Brooks, got into a scuffle when and pushed him, got ejected as well. I got to think there's got to be at least a chance that Brooks is suspended for a punch in the dick after the stuff that he has done in the past, you know, hearkening back to Gary Payton in the playoffs last season. We'll see. He Maybe he doesn't. The NBA is very lenient on suspensions. Well, it was definitely a deliberate punch in the dick from Brooks, um, and he continues to suck. And there are people still asking me whether they should still hold him in 12-team leagues. Guys, no. No. John Ramp, 24, 8, and 8. Santiago Dalma started in place of Jaron. He was good. 21 and 10, four threes. I don't know how serious Jaron Jackson's injury is. I don't think it's too, too serious, but 
I'd be keeping an eye on it because Aldama looks like a stream. Let's talk about the center position. We knew that there was a massive, massive chance that Xavier T. Illman would start because it was against the big Cavs, and he did. 27 minutes, 6-6 six and six with two blocks. Is that enough for him to be a 12-team league guy? Debatable. But their next game's against Toronto. Now, if T. Illman starts against the Raptors, then I'm convinced they're just not going to go back to starting Clark because you couldn't find a smaller team to start against. So I don't think that adding T. Illman now is the move. And I would still add Clark, who played 21 minutes, had 10 and 3 with a block. Wasn't his best game. He got cooked, Clark. He was bad. No denying at minus 28. He's not that good. But I still would prefer him over Tillman, especially with the games coming up, especially the next game, coming up uh, against the... um, Against the Raptors, I believe they've got a game against the Knicks coming up as well, which should help Clark in that situation. Johnny Conchar returned from concussion, played 28 minutes, had two seven and five with two steals. It's the most Conchar line I've ever seen. With Zaya Williams was pushed out of the rotation here. That's interesting. Desi Bain, 25 points with six threes, not a lot else there. And of course, we had no um, uh, Brooksy got ejected there in the end, but uh, not a great game. From the, uh, from the Grizz, the Cavs got them pretty easily. Mitchell was really bad before the ejection. Six points on 18%. A steal, a block, four rebounds, three assists. His numbers have really dropped. 141st over the last week. It might be a little bit of a buy low on him, but I really doubt that that's going to be successful. Ravishing Rick Rubio with Karis LeVert out and Donovan Mitchell ejected. Rubio played 21 minutes. 13, 2 and 4, two steals, a block and three threes. Now that, that is a 12-team league line. If he was to get that every game, you would have him in a 12-team league. But it's just not going to happen. Rubio's not going to play 21 minutes every night. He's not going to get two steals in 21 minutes. He's not going to block shots, and he's probably not going to have a usage of 23%. So while this looks good, there were two guys out, one out for half the game in Mitchell and the other one, Levert. So just use Rubio as that 14-team assist streamer. Garland picked up the slack, 32-2-11. and and Jared Allen had 18-11 with two steals and two blocks. And Evan Mobley was really strong as well, apart from the bad free throws. 17-14-5, one steal, two blocks. Mobley is just, whenever one person seems to be out, Mobley is upping his usage and showing he's got that little bit of extra in his game. Interestingly, Kevin Love out of the rotation again. Chetty Osman got preferred, and Osman was great. 21 in 32 minutes, he hit four threes, he had two steals and a block. We've seen Osman have a couple of interesting games. I think if Levert is out, Chetty moves into at least deep league territory or at least maybe 14-team territory, but we're not doing anything with him at this stage in 12-team formats. The Chicago Bulls, they handle the Charlotte Hornets. 114-98, the final score here. Um, Let's go through the Hornets side of things. There was no Oubre or or Martin, of course. Lalo Ball got ejected right right towards the end of this game. He had 19-8-6 with two steals. Continues to be quite inefficient, but... Let's talk about the center spot because uh, the big fella, Mark Williams, had 13 and 7 with one steal and three blocks. And that, that is a 12-team league line. Like, even if he was to play 17 minutes a night and do that, you would use that in 12-team leagues. Now, I don't really trust him to do that every night. But for now, he's a great guy to hold. The Cockroach, 31 minutes, 16, 11, and 5 for Mason Plumlee. Perfect from the field, perfect from the line. Can't really argue too much with that either. And Rogier had 23 and 8 on, of course, sub 40% shooting, which we're going back to. At least he had two steals, though. PJ Washington, Jesus Christ, like seriously, this bloke. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 19% shooting, 6-4-2 with no defensive stats. Hard to be worse, yet his teammate Jalen McDaniels found a way. Zero points in 26 minutes, missed all five of his shots and had no threes or defensive stats either. If it wasn't for the back-to-back that I think Haywood is going to sit tomorrow, I would be dropping Jalen really quickly. I don't know what's going to happen with Haywood. He stunk as well. Nine points on 22% with one rebound and one assist. He had been playing well, Gordon Haywood, prior to this game. But of course, he did not play well here. I still think you probably want to have him over Jalen McDaniels. But 
I think that it could be a Haywood, McDaniels, Ubre nonsense mixture uh, post All-Star break when Ubre returns. It could be really, really ugly. I don't think there's much else to really talk about. They've got 20 minutes out of Dennis Smith, but I don't think we need to care too much for the Bulls. They lost Pat Williams in this one with an ankle sprain. That, he thinks it's going to be okay, but watch that. Six points, 27 minutes. That's why his minutes were down. He sucked. He, like, he was quite bad. He is probably a 12-team league player, but he's definitely not a priority one. And as always, if he's your worst player, then you can drop him. The big one, though, is Alex Caruso, who lasted seven minutes and had seven points. He had a foot strain. I think that's going to cost him time. He's had multiple injuries that cost him time. Um, if you do have him for steals, just keep an eye on it. I think you can move on. But who stepped up in his place? Ayo Desumu, 35 minutes. And this is perfect, perfect situation to really examine what happened. Because we'll look at it and go, man, Desumu, 35 minutes, 22 points. Caruso out. Let's go. I'm adding, I'm adding him. But are you? He had 22 points, zero rebounds, zero assists. And he shot 90% to get there. And we all know that that is just not going to happen. He's also not going to get zero rebounds and zero assists. But 16 usage on a low rebound, low assist point guard who is not going to shoot 90% is not someone I'm rushing to grab in 12-team leagues. I'd watch it. I'd consider streaming him, especially in 14s, but I'm not adding in 12s. Vooch had 17, 12, and 6. He had a little bit of an issue with his thigh late in the game, but he did return. Watch that one. And DeRozan struggled. 15 points on 12 shots. Added 7 assists to steal and 2 blocks, but the shooting numbers... We're a little bit off. Speaking of off, Zach Levine. 10 points in 36 or 27 minutes. What am I talking about? 10 points in 36 minutes for Levine on 38% shooting. He took only eight shots. He was a plus 21 and had three steals, but continues to be around that 45 to 55 range in fantasy leagues. Just definitely not his best night. While with the absence of Caruso, we got 27 Kobe White minutes. He had 20 points with three threes. He turns into a more reliable three-point streamer now, if, as expected, Caruso misses some time. Let's go to the next game. The Mavericks had a gigantic lead over the Pelicans. Luka Doncic got hurt. The Pelicans came back. The, Pel- the Mavs did win it, 111-106, but yeah, pretty big comeback from New Orleans. Great game from Brandon Ingram. This is what we've been waiting for. 26-9-7, 36 minutes, 50% shooting, 83 from the line. I know it, I can't say it was worth it waiting for him because it was forever, but this is good. McCollum had 19, 4, and 8, and the big fella only played 22 minutes in the middle, Jonas Valanciunas, but he was good as well. Jonas Vassal Inuansas. 16 and 13, which we needed because he's been dreadful. I would, I'm definitely still holding him. When Zion returns, things get a little bit different. Good game from Larry Nance too. 10 and 12 with a block. I think we've got to add him in 12-team leagues while Murphy had nine points and Herb Jones had nine points. Herb still brought the steals. That's why you have him. Trade didn't really bring much. I think I still prefer... I prefer Trey as a player over Herb in general. I think they're both just fringe 12-team league guys, while Najee's a, a, ring, a rung below that. 11 points for Najee Marshall in his 25 minutes. Interestingly, Kyra Lewis got the minutes over Devontae Graham, finally. Hallelujah. I don't know whether it's going to stick. I don't know whether it's going to mean anything. I don't know whether we need to care because he shot 17%. But at least he got that playing time. We'll see if that means anything as we move forward. But I think the takeaway here is, you know, Adnance, hold JV... Um, and then Jones and Murphy remain 12-team fringes, and Naji remains a 14-team league guy. For the Mavs, Luca was out. He had 31 points in 23 minutes. I'm a little worried. The ankle, there's just something always seems to happen with his ankles all the time. 31, 8, and 4, two steals. Big numbers, but now he's out. So what we do is we add Dorian Finney-Smith. 13 and 7, three threes, four assists, a steal, and a block. We've seen him be bad, except for the games where Luca's out when he's good. Tim Hardaway is always, you think, going to have an opportunity to increase usage, and he did. He took 18 shots. The problem was he hit three of them for 19% shooting. 17% shooting, sorry. Nine points, two threes, two assists. You can take a flyer on Timmy, understanding that you could get 40 points or you could get four on the same amount of shots. That's who he is. 
Dinwiddie had 21, 3, and 4 with two blocks. Pretty strong. Well, Joshy Green, really good game from Green. But again, I just find it hard to trust that he's going to be a 70% shooter. He had 15 points. He will get 30 minutes, and he will probably start with Luca out. 15 points, two steals. A good steal streamer, absolutely. Add in 14-team leagues, no problem with Josh Green. I just don't really trust him to be a 12-team league player. Remembering also that Christian Wood could return next game. Dwight Powell had seven points with two steals in 27 minutes. I wouldn't rush to add him, pretty obviously, nor would I add to rush Reggie Bullock, who had four points. And continues to be one of the more annoying players in the NBA in terms of inconsistency of production. Next game was the Warriors and the Nuggets. The Nuggets get the victory here in the end, 134-117, the final score. The Warriors apparently were going to rest everyone yesterday. Then it was just Clay, and then two minutes before tip-off, Draymond was pulled out of the game with a calf issue. So they started Johnny Kaminga. He played 32 minutes. He had 17 and 7. Now, it was just bad. It was bad from the line, one of three. But the other stuff was all right. We don't really trust it, though. We know he's probably an under-20-minute-a-night player most nights. Curry was really good on the back-to-back, 28-5-5. And And Jordan Poole finally had a good game after some strings of bad ones. He only played 26 minutes, though, which is a little bit worrying. 22-3-5 for Poole. He did have four fouls, so that's possibly part of it. Only 22 minutes for DiVincenzo. A little bit frustrating. He had 14 points, four threes, a steal. This is with Clay and Draymond out. I thought we'd get more out of Dante, but we didn't. He is more of a he's a stream guy, not a 12-team must roster. While Looney had just the six boards and Wiggins, the suckiness continues. Nine and ten. No defensive stats, 21 from the field, and one of three from the line. That sucks. He still remains a gigantic buy low, but what if he's regressing to Minnesota Wiggins, who was, honestly, like RJ Barrett, a fringe 12-team league player? But now he's doing it with less scoring. I don't think we're going to go that far, but that was disappointing. I thought Wiseman actually did all right when he was out there. Keep an eye on that. Nine points in 17 minutes. Don't add him anywhere. But I thought he was okay. While Milk, Ty Jerome had nine points in 24 minutes. He gets those minutes when uh, Clay is out. Nothing to really see. But what we do need to see is the five-minute man in Denver became a zero-minute man. He was out of the rotation completely. Bones Highland and didn't even get in in garbage time. They played Davon Reed, Ish Smith, and Peyton Watson ahead of him. Does this mean he's getting traded? I don't think so. It, he might get traded. I don't think this means he's getting traded. though. There is no. There is absolutely no, in my opinion reason for a team to say, well, Bone, sorry, man, we've got to preserve you for a trade. Um, the reason they're trading him is because they're not going to use him or there's friction between him and the coach. Like, that's why they're trading him. I, I honestly don't think they're putting him in bubble wrap to get a trade organized. I don't think that's the case. And again, as I've said with Bones the whole time, if you're stashing him for a trade, where is he going where he's playing 27 minutes a night? I fail to see how that's going to occur. By all means, we're a week away from the trade deadline. Stash whoever you want. And Bones and Denver does not seem like it's a long-term match at this point. Things have gone very, very sour. But I don't think him getting a DNP here indicates that he's being traded. The headmaster had 33, 5, and 8, Jamal Murray. Well, Big Chungus just... Big Chungus, didn't he? Big, big Chungus, Big Chungus, Big Chungus. Big... 22, 14, and 16. With Aaron Gordon out, it was Vlako Chanchar who started. 32 minutes, 17 points, 3 threes. He started at this game red hot. Really good stuff, but he's out of the rotation most nights, and I don't think Gordon's injury is a serious one. While Maga Porter Jr. did what he does. 17 points, 5 threes, nothing else. That's who he is. He is a points and threes guy who probably has like a better field goal percentage than other of those players like Beasley and Tim Hardaway, making him a back-end guy, but a better option as a 12-team league player. With Gordon out, we've got 31 Bruce Brown minutes, 17, 4, and 2 um, with 3 threes. This is why we wanted to hold him after a couple of subpar games because as soon as someone's out, Brown steps up. And speaking of Brown, Christian Brown is the guy that played over Bones. He had 19 minutes, 5-5-3 five, five, and three with two steals. I like what Brown does on the court. 
I don't think there's any fantasy value in him. While KCP's insane steals run dropped, he had one of them here only. He did have 18 points, though. He's providing really strong value. It's a massive sell high. If anyone wants to give you a top 70 player, I very much doubt they do. But he's on a super, super strong run at the moment, KCP. That is going to fall away. Of that, I feel really confident. Let's do the last game now. The Clippers somehow somehow lose against the Bucs. 106 105, the final score. Some terrible offense down the stretch from the Clippers. The Bucks get the win. In the end, Kawhi played 40 minutes. 40. I, I, I still can't believe I'm seeing Kawhi play 40 minutes in a regular season game. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> now, 27% shooting is horrible, but 40 minutes. 17, 11, and 5, two blocks and a steal. Um, while Marcus Morris had 16, 5, and 2 with three steals in his return. I still think that Morris is a 14-team league guy and not a 12-team league guy. And you know what Norman Powell did? He did the Norman Powell thing. He was somehow gifted 31 minutes despite being a horrible negative 27, team worst. He had 26 points on 56% shooting and two rebounds. And that is it. He helps you in points, some good shooting. But if he doesn't get the minutes... Well, the shots don't go in. There is nothing, and there has never been anything, and that is why he remains outside the top 100 very comfortably for the season. He probably should be on a 12-team roster, but it's not for everybody. There is no well-roundedness to his game. It was a stinker from Paul George as well, 16-6 and six with three steals and two threes in uh, 38% shooting. And then the rest, there's just not much there. It was okay from Zubats, 12-13. and 13. Terrence Mann had eight points. Reggie Jackson had eight points. Covington played six minutes. So if he did add him, hoping for a renaissance, it's not going to happen on a um, on a healthy team. While well, Luke Kennard started last game and was completely out of the rotation. Curious decision, but apparently they just can't figure out a way to play Powell, Jackson, and Kennard together off the bench. And it was Kennard, the one that missed out today. For the Bucks, Yanni, Ooh, the big fella. Giannis, Still... Just no defensive stats, and I don't know what's going on there. But 54 and 18 with two threes, two assists, no defensive stats. Bad from the line. Pretty good from the field. Not great, but pretty good. 54%. Paddy Connaughton had eight and 10. Still, he's a 14-team and not a 12-teamer. While Chrissy Middleton, just bump the minutes up, guys. Please. 20 minutes for him, 16 and 7 with two threes. The buy low is still open on him, I think. Drew Holiday had 12, 4 and 8 with some bad shooting, 27%. While Lopez really starting to fall away a bit. 6 and 5 and nothing else. No blocks, nothing. He was obviously rolling at that top 30 guy. He's now going to be outside the top 50 after today. And we are starting to see decline from what we all looked at at the start of the season. We went, what's this? What's going on here? Where's this coming from? There's no way. This is sustainable, right? And then it's sustained for like 35, 40 games. And now, now it is falling off pretty significantly. We're not dropping Brook Lopez pretty clearly. But what we relied upon from him earlier in the season, it appears like it's gone away. Um, not much else to really talk about there. We had 24 Grayson Allen minutes for nothing, and Joe Ingles had three points in 27. They're not going to touch the sides of most fantasy leagues. The monstrous line of the night goes to, of course, Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic, your top 10 players. Oh, sorry, your waiver wire is Aaron Neesmith. Don't buy into it. Young Gun is Santi Aldama. We stream him if Jaron is out. And the dud of the night is Paul Washington Jr. PJ Washington Jr. Let's go to the next one. Top 10 players. Number one was... Jokic, followed by Adebayo, Garland, Miles Turner, Anthony Davis, Jarrett Allen, Aaron Neesmith, Ja Morant, Tyrese Halliburton, and Steph Curry. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one was Neesmith, followed by Aldama. We just spoke about both of those guys. Finney Smith, he's worth a grab if Doncic misses time with his heel contusion. Rubio, streamer. Osman, deep league streamer. Mark Williams, yes. Vlako Chanchar, maybe if Gordon is out, we could stream him, but I wouldn't feel too confident there. Quentin Grimes, streamer for the weekend back-to-back. 
Marcus Morris, 14-team league guy, and Ayo Desumu, maybe 14-teamer if Caruso happens to miss. And then your top 10 players in, in points leagues. Number one was Giannis, followed by Jokic, Davis, Adebayo, Jamal Murray, Doncic, Morant, Halliburton, Miles Turner, and Brandon Ingram. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.